1979 oval piston engine. Wow, it fucking revved to 23,000 RPM <laughs> in 1979. It's two wheels instead of four wheels with our guest Ryan Rowley. This week on Flag Time. Hello and welcome to the Flag Time Podcast, everybody. If you don't know what this podcast is, if this is your first episode, hi. We are three, normally, we are three automotive technicians that have found some tiny niche bit of fame on Instagram that decided, hey, we're funny together, we should make a podcast. Sometimes we have guests like this episode. Today, we have my good friend, Ryan Rowley, as a guest on our podcast today. He is a warehouse manager for a few motorcycle dealerships in the Southeast, and he also went with me on a major 12,000-mile motorcycle ride in Alabama, which we will get to a little bit later. 1200 12, yeah 12,000 12, no, miles <laughs> oh, God. I want to go for 12,000 I mean like just let me schedule it here a little bit yeah, so I, I started 12, no 1200 1200 Holy motorcycle. Fuck. okay Jesus yeah <laughs> is 12 I, I added a zero sorry uh is so yeah 1200 motors 1200 motorcycles 1200 mile motorcycle I can't speak words <laughs> Ryan Rowley everybody say hello oh thank you is your name, is it R-A-L-L-Y? Uh, uh, no, R-O-W-L-E-Y. Mm. Um, which is why, like, on, on all my gamer tags and, and, and such, it's R-A-U-L-I, because oh, it's yeah. explain to people. I like, see that now. Because people are stupid and can't figure shit out. Well, if they see R-O-W, they go, Roly. That's weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> Roly. exactly my point. It reminds me of the guys in Xbox 360 on Xbox Live back in the day. I had somebody call me Serotid Morpheus. What? Excuse me. <laughs> like, all right, you Blind can't read. And deaf and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. I told him he couldn't read and he shouldn't talk to me anymore. And he shut up. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, just uh, explain to everybody what you do for a living. I build motorcycles. Essentially, uh, I. I'm a warehouse uh, for five dealerships in three cities that deal with 16 brands of motorcycles. So you are a warehouse. Well, I, I manage a warehouse. There you That's, go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have everything under the sun. Essentially, um, I do Harley, Indian, Polaris, Can-Am, like all the even semi-competing sounding brands. You know, uh, we've got a little bit of everything. So. Uh, we uncrate them and we send them out the door on flatbed trucks to the dealerships where I don't have to deal with customers. They're all at other buildings and locations. I just unload trucks, build motorcycles, and listen to podcasts all day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I know, Hell yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact that one of the podcasts that you listen to is ours, So that, which is why you messaged me about, hey, can I be on the podcast? And yours is the o- your request was the only one that I'm like, yeah, we'll get you on the podcast because otherwise it's like invite only. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking about inviting you on the podcast anyway. So when you asked, I was like, yeah, that, yeah, sure. Well, I even made a pandering video. I was going to yeah. make a series of them. But you just like after the first one, you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, that was easy. Uh, yeah. Even yeah. making memes about it, you shot his memes down immediately. Yeah, I was like, no, Cast. you were you were already on the pipeline. So I had it planned where I was just going to continue the mission, but like try to get uh, t- as a Top Gear host. 
like <laughs> just jump that ladder here immediately. Um, my attention span just kind of petered out on that one. So I made like, you know, four or five videos and then it just stopped. I don't know how you guys do it. Like I forget to film anything. I don't take the time to edit. Uh, you guys put a lot of work into this. Um, so, you know, I don't. From what I can tell, it just randomly happens. It just like the idea appears in my head and I'm like, oh, this is this would be a great little clip. And I'm pretty sure that works with Sterling as well. Yeah, and I kind of well. just like I just be like seeing stuff and I'm like, I could say something. And I just basically like hit record and I just like, yeah, just kind of uh, wired for entertainment. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. the, it'll it'll happen immediately, too, because uh, just a couple days ago, I think yesterday friday i had i was getting ready to pull a car out in the parking lot of my dealership and a semi was backing up through the parking lot <laughs> yeah i love that fun <laughs> and i made a little short clip i'll put it once this episode goes out i'll post it on the story of the flag time uh instagram but uh yeah it was just backing up and i did this thing where the camera just stayed facing forward and i mentioned the fact that there's a fucking semi backing up through this really tight parking lot the moment it is it was going through the frame of the camera so it's it's one of those things where like it's very situational and it's very exactly yeah it's it's a very situational thing and it just pops into your head when you just film you just film a joke yeah, so if you have to if, if it doesn't go well on the first take i just scrap it immediately 100 percent. yeah if it doesn't do well on the first take there's no reason to repeat it unless sometimes, it's a pre-planned joke well I, I sometimes i will think that something isn't funny i save everything i take anyway even if it's a fucking stupid reject thing because sometimes i'll watch it later and i'm like <laughs> like i'll be like this fucking funny as hell and i didn't think it was funny at the time or something <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like or like I, the way I filmed it because like sometimes I'll just be like driving and I'll like just see something and I'll just like I have a like basically I just leave my Snapchat camera on in my phone and then just I like, set it down next to mm-hmm. me and if I see something on the road I just pick it up and I hit the button and I don't look at the phone while I film I literally just like kind of point it in the direction and the I don't know it was like use like hand-eye coordination for the zoom yeah well so, um when like, when we used to ride around and uh, film videos for Shredded's, uh YouTube channel, uh, I basically like would film B roll by toddling around like a like a child with the camera and just have a <laughs> secondary camera and I'd be doing all kinds of weird Dutch angles and zooms and stuff and and just have these little snippets that he could like cut and and have something to to transition between. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of those extreme Dutch angles made it into the ZH2 review. I was just there to like go ride a motorcycle. So <laughs> yeah, motorcycle. That's that's one of the that's one of the Hell things yeah. too. That, that's a good segue into one of the one of my favorite moments with Ryan here that I had. We were doing filming for a Ducati Diavol review, which I have yet to make. And this <laughs> this was I want to say a little over two years ago, maybe almost three years ago by now. Yeah, it, it's been a while. It's not going to be a review anymore. More like a retrospective at this point. But, Just sitting on footage. Yeah, exactly. But we went out on our buddy Brad's Ducati Diavol. It was a beautiful motor. It, it still is a beautiful motorcycle. It's this like bright blue with white rims Ducati Diavol. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Is white that- wheels. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I will always call it, call it rims. You can be mad all you want, but I'm going to be. I'm calling not, no, I wasn't mad. I was just saying white wheels. Yes, it's it's I very love white wheels. Very classy. Uh, but while we were doing that filming, 
I was on the Ducati and Ryan was on my S1000. Which is the first time I really got to take his bike out and just, you know, have at it. Yeah. And your reaction was fucking priceless. And I still remember it to this day. Like, do you remember what you said about it? Well, yeah, that you're insane for driving it every day, like daily driving it. Oh, my God. That it's was, so fast. That's what you said. You looked at me and you're like, you daily this thing? Well, it pulls like almost exactly the same as my 919, but it revs another like 7,000 RPM higher and I'm making more power. <laughs> from so like, like did it was basically like riding my own bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it. Ugh. What does the 919 redline at? Oh, goodness. I should A know lot. that. You should Maybe not. like 9,500 RPM. It's not very high. Yeah, 9,500 RPM for the Honda 919. The S1000 red lines at 14K. Nice. Yeah. And at it pulls like a freight train all the way up there. Yeah. It, it'll um top out at 93 miles an hour in first gear at 14K. Yeah, no, it's fucking ridiculous, man. And and so Eric's in front of me on what is at the time, like I think the fastest 0 to 60 production vehicle period. Yeah, it's like 2.8 um, seconds. Yeah, the Diablo is just like a rocket ship. Yeah. So he pulls out and he's like, he's on the on the Cena. He's like, well, I'm gonna do a hard pull. So if you want to hang, like you know, <laughs> go ahead. If you want to just fall back, that's fine. So I'm like, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose me. No, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on BMW S1000. So like, he just takes off and I wound that thing all the way out. Just pretty much pinned in first gear 93 miles an hour grab second gear it just springs up to who knows i didn't look down at the speedometer from that point on i i went through like third and part of fourth before like backing out and like yeah yeah it's 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 quite a ridiculous machine both of them i'm a middle-aged man i should not be going that fast in something without a little bitch I actually saw another S1000 at a car meet the other day. Nice. It was the M1. No. Yes. And oh. it uh it, it had a it had a turbo sticking out of the side Christ. of it. Christ. Why would you do that? It already has I, enough power. I one way trip to dead. I saw cuz there was like a group of bike guys pulled up and I was like I was like, "Hey, that's an S1000." Oh, what is that in the back there? <laughs> That's like an M1000. Like, <laughs> like they had it cut. They had the the side panel of the bike cut out so the turbo, so half the turbo could stick out of it and just suck God. air. See, that's the thing. I have a Gen One S1000. When that came out, it was stupid. Like the new ones are even faster. I'm never going to need the amount of power that the first generation has. Why would you put a turbo on the new generation of S1000 on the M? Even. Fuck it. God. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much power it made because I was leaving the car meet as I pulled in, Jesus. but I'm like, that bike's got a turbo. Good lord! <laughs> Somebody Good put a turbo Lord's. on that just to be like, yo, look how big my dick is. <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> that bike is probably ripped your face off quick. Yeah, a hundred percent. You can't full yet. throttle that thing. You won't be able to. Like you just can't. <laughs> like you, you're like, well, I can hold onto the motorcycle, or I can go full throttle. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure the the arm that the rear tire is attached to was also stretched. God, well, that makes sense. It's I mean, extended, it's, whatever. I, I couldn't tell though. 
One of that, our buddies, that's... one of the bikes he reviewed is the that supercharged ZH2. Yeah. And that thing makes like 200 horsepower, and you can power wheelie it, just like no clutch, no nothing, just power wheelie it at like 150 miles an hour. It's <laughs> no bonkers. thanks. So uh, no, Turbo well, 1000 double R, fuck that. Here's the thing about the ZH2, though, Sterling, is the fact that the wheelie control is an actual good form of wheelie control to where when the wheel comes up, it'll just stay there and you can keep it pinned. It won't like cut the power or anything. But what happens when? Talented? What happens when a wheel speed sensor starts to go out? That's then good. That's between that's you a, and Jesus at that point. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> how, like, how does it do it? Does it do it like a <laughs> like a like an accelerometer, or does it do it with like power limiting, or does it do it with the brakes, or does it do it with like the speed you sensors? You are way over my pay grade, there, bud. I'm just like, well, how, 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 does maybe, you know what it probably does is it probably takes like the bitch It has a yaw sensor. It might have a yaw sensor in it and it like detect. Well, usually, I mean, if it, it has ABS, right? Yes. So yes. if it has ABS, it probably takes the yaw sensors information and it's like, Hey, don't let the bike go above this angle or something. And it probably uses the rear brake. I would imagine Possibly, that's how yeah. it works unless it uses the throttle. But that actually, well, I'd be cars, interested to do research I into how it. they work without having to put this much thought into it. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look it up right now. There you go. <laughs> it's like I accepted it's magic and it works. Hell yeah! Makes well, hover, go burr. So, um, do you still have the Honda 919, Ryan? I I do. Does it still um, work? Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it needs a battery. It kind of mm, not the most reliable piece of transportation at the moment. But <laughs> is it still uh, doing the clicking thing, or did you end up figuring that out? Oh no, no, it's it's up and running. It's it's okay. it's perfectly functional. But uh, you know, my riding buddy moved to like West Virginia, I think. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's everybody I know with a bike have a fucking battery problem because well, they don't last. <laughs> <laughs> like best case scenario, you have a battery tender. You got like three years. That's it. Yeah, they're very tiny and they don't keep charge as well as twelve volt batteries for cars. Understandable. I just yeah. want to get like a voltage step down and make an adapter for one of my Ryobi batteries to just slap into it. Dual <laughs> <laughs> battery, just chunk right in the back of the seat. Seriously, why isn't that just a, a feature like from the factory? Just to jumpstart it anyway. Yeah, just like here, it's a quick release battery. You like push a couple tabs, pull it out, like stick it on the bench. Yeah. This is why mechanics need to engineer vehicles. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't even. I can't even do like addition on paper. You expect me to engineer shit like that? <laughs> <laughs> mechanics need to give ideas to engineer. <laughs> there you I go. Can, I can write on paper how it should be, and that's all I'm gonna go. That's all I'm gonna do from there. Oh Jesus. I mean, the nerds can sort out the details. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which we are not, so... I'm a nerd. I am also a nerd, tech, just not when tech. it comes to engineering. Uh, yeah, no, not, we're not math nerds. There's, there's a difference. Armored Big warfare. No. Armored warfare. <laughs> <laughs> no. What if you my VR rig? Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... it. I think it I may have found an answer. Okay. SKTRC, which stands for Sport Kawasaki Traction Control, 
Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because it monitors a number of parameters, including front and rear wheel speed, engine RPM, and throttle position. Conditions are confirmed every five milliseconds, which at the time the system looks at each of the parameters as well. As well has... As well as how... What the fuck? There's a typo here. <laughs> as well as how... It, it says as well has, but it's as well as. It's, yeah. it's, God typo. damn it, Kawasaki. Translation error. As well as how much they are changing, i.e. their rate of change. This unique Kawasaki method makes it possible to interpolate interpolate, and predict how the bike will behave in the next system. I think this is translated directly from Japanese wrong. Hell Yeah. <laughs> But we'll translate, unlike, copy and paste. Unlike one mode KTRC, which cuts power as soon as rear slip is detected to allow rear traction to be regained, SKTRC uses minimal power drops to ensure the slip ratio for optimal traction is maintained. Because God, this isn't. This literally didn't even give me any information. <laughs> this literally just did not. Straight up, just didn't tell me how it works. So like, might as well be the turbo vocabulary video. It takes the sensors and data, and it makes it do the thing. That's actually like just said, it's straight magic. up. It just basically told you how the computer reads stuff, and then there you go. I'm going to keep looking <laughs> because that didn't that didn't satisfy me at all. Hell yeah, he's going to get anyway. the uh, Kawasaki wheelie control. I'm no. dead. I'm fucking curious because I know how like a lot of different traction controls work in cars, and I'm curious if it works in a similar way. Well, and I know like a lot of the uh, Ducatis, like it will lift up and then touch the front tire back down before going full throttle and lifting up again. So it just kind of surges along, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I expected a little more refinement out of Ducati, but honestly, it's hilariously fun to ride. Um, yes. If you can find someone with a Ducati that's like willing to let you go out and, yeah. hey man, can I, can I check out the wheelie control on your bike? Like, which, which I think, uh, Serrated figured that out. You just start a YouTube channel and you go, hey, can I, can I make a review of your bike? 100%. Because, yeah, my buddy, you know, Vanderwall? Yeah. That, that's yep. his last name. Yeah, he let me use his uh, fucking Ducati V4 Street Fighter. That thing. Yep. Found it. It uses various inputs from a lean angle sensor, ah. which is a yaw rate sensor, okay. and wheel sensor, wheel speed sensors. And then it ro- monitors rotational difference between the wheels. So basically what we talked about before you did any research is how it does it. That's literally exactly <laughs> how it works. That I means we're smart. Because it has technology. That's yeah. how it works. Yep. Yeah. It works. You hope it works. Go back to what Ryan said. If you want to ride really expensive motorcycles, but you don't have the money for it, start a YouTube channel where you review motorcycles and people will just let you ride them. And then just, make a bunch of, just make a bunch of review footage and then never release the reviews. <laughs> no, I've released reviews. That's the difference. I may have only like 12 of them, but it's... <laughs> I'm going to stay on four wheels. Thank you. How, how many do you have banked footage for? Uh, just that Ducati. Oh, okay. I thought I, it was maybe I did, more. <laughs> I, so here's, here's the sad thing. Um, I did a bunch of filming for a ZX-14 a long time ago, mm. and I ended up going to NASCAR Tech before I could make that video, and then when I came back from the Mercedes-Benz Drive program, I tried to uh, get all that footage and make the video finally, because that was one of the first things that I wanted to do when I got back, but the uh, computer, the hard drives in the computer just fucking failed. Like, all the hard drives nice. in my computer, like, just That's fucked up, worst. crashed, 
lost everything on it. I had to put new hard drives in it, um, and all the footage of that ZX14 was lost completely. And I'm I have, astonished your old computer made it up until what, like three weeks ago? Uh, about two months ago, yeah. Two months ago. Yeah. Oh, time flies. Yeah, this time definitely flies. We started this podcast in February. Oh my god! Really? It's been that long. It's been that oh. long. <laughs> I, how did you guys all like collectively? How did this even start? Like, who who just did did Serrated just contact you two or no. like? So we covered this in the podcast before, actually. Um, it, yeah, it if you took all of podcasts. You wouldn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I should review the footage. Oh shit! Yeah, it's, uh, it took, it's, Took so, yeah. five seconds to get this podcast started. Yeah, no. Pixie oh. got me and Sterling into a chat room, and we were just sharing memes and shit. And I was working on a couple of cars, and I had this like idea where we could collaborate because I was thinking, what could we do where all three of us could collaborate together? And I was like, oh, fuck, podcast, shit. That's like the simplest thing that we could do that wouldn't like take up too much time. Well, and, well, thank um, you, Pixie, for coming up with an idea that fills at least an hour of my work week. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah he was like, podcast, us- and I was like, I'm in, let's do it. Yes. And then like, Sterling yeah. was just like, man. Yeah, both yeah. Of, both of, I said podcast, and both of these guys were on board, So, and that's how we started doing it. And well, and it makes me happy pod, that you have, like, I say the, cast. The, the variety of, like, you've kind of got, like, the, the Volkswagen covered, the Honda covered, Mr. Mercedes himself over there. Volkswagen. Uh, well, I thought, didn't someone ha- have a Volkswagen? I mean, I've no, or of some kind. I know that there was a Saab now too. That's just a terrible. I have the Saab. Hey, that car is amazing. Oh, I love them in the weirdest way. The the backwards transmission thing, the oh, belts yeah. at the firewall. <laughs> oh. like, it's the most confusing thing when you pop the hood for the first time. The thing is, is it's so fucking easy to work on. It is literally like it. Like everything is in one spot. Like the you could do the clutch in thirty minutes, so you don't take the transmission out. You don't have to take the engine or the transmission out. You literally just like take the clutch out and put it in because it's exposed. It's ex- it's outside everything. Well, and it seems as my years as a mechanic, like I remember seeing tons of those that were like two, three hundred thousand mile cars, and yeah. it wasn't like they were particularly well cared for. They just mm-hmm. lasted a long time. They're just like a weird Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> They're a Volvo, but like upside down. <laughs> Volvo's kind of weird enough on their own, but. Mm-hmm. The new ones are bad. <laughs> they are very, they are fucking terrible. Bad. After like the 80, after the eighties, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll um, say, hey, let's put the ECU underneath the intake manifold in front of the starter. What Volvo was that on? Fucking, I don't remember. <laughs> I had to take out just... the fucking. I had to take oh. out the PCM, take off the intake manifold just to get to the fucking starter. I'm pretty sure boat mechanics hate Volvo too. Penta. That's yeah, Penta mechanics. <laughs> yeah, I had a buddy up in Michigan that was a boat mechanic, and he uh, would curse their name. But yeah. you know, they're safe. Volvo mechanics hate them across like just fucking I, different I just disciplines. Want the Volvo, like 240, like an. 87 240 wagon and then make a drift car out of it oh yeah like classic volvos are fantastic yeah, like rear wheel drive classic red block four cylinder or turbo volvos are fucking awesome but like it, pretty much everything after the 850 is like just dog shit fucking okay, just terrible to me anyway it, they're just I, uh, on, the, on the reputation basically i i used to work at a place uh i used to work at a shop that only serviced 
Volvos, Subarus, and Lexuses. It was a weird fucking That's a, that's a weird mix. Um, <laughs> but basically, that it was a shop that was single-handedly designed to fuck over technicians. <laughs> yeah, I was not all having the, a good time at the time. All I needed to do was add Land Rover, and it would have been set. Oh. Uh, I think Land Rover would have been a step up. Because like Land Rover owners at least want to fix their cars. Not the Land Rover owners that come to my shop. That's because you live in Texas, where everyone's poor. No, wow. it's just deep my area <laughs> <Wow>. specifically. <laughs> I think that, that that's kind of like Mercedes, though. That like the the first owner of a Land Rover takes good care of it. The second exactly. owner is questionable. By the time it's to the third owner, that thing is just trashed. It is collapsed. The third owner just like it's going to cost how much for the brakes? Yeah, yeah. The air suspension does not work anymore. <laughs> Hardly exactly. work to begin with. Just a bunch of fucking micro holes in them. Just slowly no fucking reason. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I miss back in the day when like all those Lincoln Mark Sevens were running around with the nose way up in the air and the tail dragging. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love those. God. I don't know why that reminded me, but uh, I want to say like three weeks ago, I was going down the highway on the way home, and there was. This is an R class story. There was an R class oh, going of course, down. Of course, it is. Yeah. <laughs> R class going down the road with no air in the rear suspension, zero, and they were speeding. That was the best part. They were fucking Ultima vibes. Yeah, they were going down the road at mock Jesus, and the <laughs> rear end was just fucking twerking, going down the road, <laughs> riding on the bump stops. And jeez, oh. man, that was. I was like, how are you? How do you still have your teeth? In your head with all that rattling going on in there, man. God, like how the old, it's like how the older Bentleys have like a mineral oil in their suspension for no fucking reason at all. Yeah, I'd you mean like... the hydraulic suspension? Yeah, it's like mineral oil that's in that they use. That's also yeah. paired with like the brakes or something. Toyotas have that too. Some Toyotas do. Yeah, but at least the Toyota ones are built good. You ever worked on a? Uh, Oh, sorry. What's it called? No, it's okay. Um, you ever worked on like a like a GX four seventy or any of the uh, like the Land Cruisers of the same era, like like a, maybe like a two thousand seven Toyota Land Cruiser? Yeah, a couple of them come in. That height adjustable suspension they have is hydraulic, and it uses mineral oil too. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen the shocks on those leak ever. They never do. Mercedes yeah, does because it's, it's a Toyota. <laughs> it's why it doesn't. Mm-hmm. 462,000 miles. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. Yeah, as long as you change the fluid out. The, the mineral oil thing reminds me, and, mm-hmm. and Rated might know which model it was, but there's an old Mercedes, like I want to say from the 60s, that had hydraulic windows. I'm not like, going to know that. <laughs> uh, yes. Did you say I, hydraulic windows? Hydraulic yeah. windows, like cut your finger off windows. Jesus. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it was the 600. The Mercedes 600, the limo, ah. the big giant limo with the fucking six liter or six. I think it's the six liter V8. Well, you need that when your window rolling up and down system weighs like 500 pounds. Let me see. I think it's the 600. The, the, the 600 was like the big like flagship, like long convertible limo that they made way back in the late or early 60s, I think. I used to have a diecast model of it, and I was like, wow, this is cool. And then I just like learned a bunch of stuff about it from the yep. box, yep, <laughs> basically. It, it, it says uh, 
there's a car throttle article that says why didn't the Mercedes 600 Grosser's hydraulic powered windows boot etc. Oh, no. It's a V12, not a yeah. V8. Oh jeez. So it's the it's the 600. Yeah. So yeah, I was right. But they made a Landelay version, which is literally like the back half of it was a convertible. God. It was a little that had just like a regular car convertible top, but it was just the back half. I found a picture. It's on Wikipedia. It's on the article for it. Like one of those, one of the limos in the cartoons that's got the convertible top and then also the, the hot tub in the back Isn't for that no wild? reason. Look at this shit. Like, listen to this shit. The 600s, I'm taking this from Wikipedia. The 600s complex 150 bar hydraulic pressure system powered the automobiles. <laughs> Powered the automobiles, windows, seats, sunroof, boot lid, and the doors. You know, the thing is, is I bet that is more reliable than an electric system. <laughs> yeah, but why it, do you need a hydraulics press worth of pressure to fucking operate all that? Yeah, that's 2176 PSI. Because it's 1963, and that's the only <laughs> thing that existed at the time. It's either manual or it's hydraulic. <laughs> oh, yeah, let, me, let me get a 10-ton hydraulic press for window regulation. That's Have a you ever great seen- idea. Have you ever seen a power window motor in an old, like an old, old car from like the 50s or the 60s? No. They are the mechanical scissor metal thing. Yeah. The the motors are humongous. (laughs) Some of them are fucking spring loaded, too. So you chop your fucking finger off if you don't deload the spring first. Well, I mean, yeah. technically, all window regulators are spring loaded, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, Ryan. We get off on tangents like this. Yeah, oh, no. it kind of happens. You're yeah. just here. You're along for the ride. <laughs> That's exactly how it should be. I think. We just like keep talking, and he doesn't even say anything. It drives me nuts that like it seems that we got power windows figured out really well like 20 years ago, and then we've continued to complicate them to where we've got CAN bus systems involved now. <laughs> yeah, there's like, a five volt signal that goes to the win- like through a wire to the door to the switch. You hit the switch that sends a five volt signal back to another computer that checks with another computer to make sure that it can send power to a relay. They can send 12 volts to another wire through the door to roll the window up or down. Mm-hmm. It is That's pretty brain hurt. But as a benefit to that, you can roll windows up and down using a, a third-party source if you want to. Like the key fob. Or like a scan tool or a thing that you plug into your OBD port. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, like, I do you that know, all the time when I'm trying to do shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like... Customer states that my window switch doesn't work. You got to verify that the fucking window actually still works. I, I like the the uh, the German thing where you press lock and unlock to roll all the windows down. That's pretty slick. It, it mm-hmm. is nice. It is nice. Like my key fob, you just hold the unlock button for like three seconds, and then they yeah, all roll that's, down. That's what that's what we do. Yeah, I love that a lot more cars have been adapting stuff like that. Like uh, I think if you own like a like a seventh gen Honda Accord, they do that too. Ooh, yeah. Never once used that feature on my car. Well, it's kind of nice if you just like. If it's like a thousand million degrees out and you just like walk up to your car and roll your windows all down right up all at once, it's kind of nice. I have, stolen the, I have stolen the keys of a of a classmate one time while it was pouring rain and turned his wind, pulled his windows down with the, with the key fob while he was in the bathroom. That's mean. He was an asshole, but it was funny. Everybody told I, everybody told me to do it, and I was like, okay. I don't know. I, I drive his friend. Air conditioning. No. 
Fuck that guy. I drive a truck air conditioning in North Carolina, so my windows are pretty much down if it's not raining. Hell yeah. I can't do that because I park under a tree at work and a bird will shit in my window if I don't keep them up. <laughs> I'm like, hey, fuck this guy. I'm going to shit in his car. Hello, Serrated Mobius here. Are you an automotive technician that lives in or around the Washington, D.C. area? Furthermore, would you like to work in the same shop that I do? If the answer to either of those questions is yes, Mercedes-Benz of Chantilly, just south of the Dulles International Airport in Virginia, would like you to know that they are currently hiring and looking for experienced passenger car and sprinter technicians. Definitely sprinter technicians. We, we need those. Sign-on bonuses are available for those who qualify. If you're interested, send me a DM on Instagram at serratedmobius. That's S-E-R-R-A-T-E-D-M-O-B-I-U-S, and I'll let you know where to go from there. Look forward to working with you. All right, so everybody knows what I ride. Everybody knows the name of my motorcycle, even. Like, I'll just get messages just going, hey, how's Spitfire doing? I'm like, she needs a battery. Anyway. <laughs> so motorcycle what, moment. What kind of motorcycles do you guys have other than Pixie? Because we know you don't ride. I don't got a motorcycle. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you should get Loser. one. Loser. <laughs> Oh man, yes. oh, it's fine. You're fine. Just get a just get a Harley or something. I don't like Harleys. Sportsters are actually fun <laughs> as hell to ride. They are. Yeah. They they sound yeah. good too. Yeah, and they actually they rev really high. Yeah. <laughs> like they rev to like fucking for for a Harley. They rev for a pretty high for a V twin. Some one percenters like that's a girl motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you. We'll start with our guests. So, Ryan, what kind of bike do you have? Um, well, my normal daily is a 2002 Honda 919, uh, which is it's based on the old like Honda 900 uh, CBR engine, but slightly larger, slightly less good guts in the engine. It's not. Uh, it's not forged. It's just cast internals. Um, so it's uh, 103 horsepower to the rear wheel. On just a old naked Honda, reliable as all can be. Just uh, uh, it's it's been the best. If you if you actually get on forums and stuff, it's considered to be one of Honda's most reliable products they've ever built. So nothing but good things to say about the Honda 919. I, I thought about getting rid of it for a while because I wanted a drift car. I still want a drift car. I'm just finding another way because I I can't bring myself to part with it. And then I also have a Honda. Well, it's the, I, I like to say it's an RC31 because it is, uh, but a Honda Hawk GT, mm-hmm. um, 1988. Uh, it's like Honda's second bike ever with a single-sided swing arm, uh, and it's really the first modern naked sport bike. It uh, It's the predecessor to the Ducati Monster and the Suzuki SV650, um, and they really weren't that popular. They were kind of expensive. They didn't sell well. It had this... Really high-tech aluminum frame, single-sided swing arm, and a little underpowered 650 V-twin. And so, never sold fantastic, but they had a lot of success with racing, which is actually where the company Two Brothers Racing started out, was the two brothers were racing Honda Hawk GTs, and no one made parts, so they started making their own. That whole company grew from that, so... Um, that's kind of a neat bike, and both of my bikes are rescues. That's that's the way I get everything. I just kind of drag home poor old equipment that just needs a home, and uh, breathe some love into it. Very nice. Hell yeah! 
which is how I ended up at the Kawasaki Mule is my latest toy. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's on my Instagram. If you what, what, hold on, it. hold on. Just, I got it. just real quick. What a, do you still have that old spree? I do have the spree. Um, yeah, the way I got into motorcycles uh, for years, I I just rode a really souped up scooter. Um, the Honda Spree, for anyone that doesn't know, is the smallest street legal Honda that you could ever ever get in America. Um, it weighs a hundred pounds. It goes thirty miles an hour on a good day, and it's completely designed around that, going thirty miles an hour around your neighborhood. Uh, I have one with an engine swap. Uh, it's a fully built 77cc two-stroke. It runs the eighth mile in 12.32 seconds. God damn. Uh, it's actually, <laughs> in an eighth mile drag strip, it's something like four seconds faster than my S10. God damn. With brakes that are still rated for 30 miles an hour. <laughs> with brakes that are still rated for 30 miles an hour. So it's, make it's them jaws most- pretty damn quick. It's the most terrifying death trap that I've ever ridden, and I never really thought of it as that dangerous until I got into motorcycles, because all my motorcycle buddies were like, man, you should just get a full-size bike. That thing's, that thing's sketch. I'm like, eh, it's fine. But yeah, I finally uh, got a grown-up bike, and, and I went immediately from a built scooter to a 1,000cc sport bike, essentially. That's, that's yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, um... Basically, I learned how to ride on a 1982 Suzuki GS 550L. Fuck yeah. And it was a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) That bike sucked. (laughs) Was that like the the air-cooled but fully fared bike? No, what it didn't have any fairings. It just it, it had it just looked like a it just looked like an 80s motorcycle. Okay. It was like a, it's just a regular bike. It's got swept back handlebars. There was uh, one of those 80s Suzukis they made and it was a it was a fully fared bike with an air-cooled engine in it. So like terrible overheating problems if you weren't moving like at least 60 yeah. miles an hour. This thing would just literally it wouldn't rev above 5000 RPM cuz the carburetors were out of sync and I could not sync them and I'm like I'm not spending like fucking $1000 for carburetors for this piece of shit. So <laughs> I learned how to ride and it wouldn't go over 60 miles an hour. So you'd literally just have to like pin it at 60 and just ret fucking <laughs> like down the fucking highway. <laughs> and it was oh. just so crappy, and, but it taught me how to ride. And then I went and bought a brand new Yamaha FZ09. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I basically oh. like learned how to ride. And I was like, I want to, I, I need, I need to be faster than this. And I was like, I was going to go buy a new bike. And I was going to buy an FZ07. Yeah, those are really good, too. Yeah. But super, super fun. Like, I don't know. That's almost like a, a hooligan bike. Like, that thing just yeah. wants to wheelies everywhere. Yeah. That bike was frightening. I literally, like, I took it out on the test ride. And I was so used to super slow, shitty-ass, crappy motorcycles to ride. <laughs> so I, like, went in and I, like, pinned the throttle in first gear on an on-ramp. And I fucking lifted the front wheel off the ground. And I, like, yeah. panic, let off. And I fucking smashed my nuts on the gas tank so hard (laughs) still the most pain i've ever been in in my life yep yeah one thing i've always thought about that bike is the seat just pushes you into the gas tank yeah the the seat was bullshit on that bike yeah i'm six feet tall at the very front of it it Um, it was it was bullshit yeah no the (laughs) fz09 was the fastest motorcycle i've ever ridden that did not have a steering damper that was scary one thing that really pissed me off about that bike is it had a speed limiter at 112 miles an hour. Oh. So it, and the thing is, it's the, 
the bike was really fast though so it would you would you know you would fucking like bang gears go up to like that speed and it it would hit that that speed limiter so hard it felt like you were hitting the brakes it was fucking weird and um well i ended up trading that bike for an fj09 so Uh i I traded it and then i added it on top or whatever they rolled the fucking negative equity over i just kind of got bored with it and i was like i ride on the highway a lot and i'm like this bike is uncomfortable as fuck to ride on the highway for more than like 30 minutes Mm mm-hmm so I got the FJ, and the FJ was fun, but I uh, ended up paying it off and keeping it and riding it around for a little while. And then I sold it. I needed the money for some project car I needed to finish, and then I ended up selling that one too. So it was just like throwaway. And then I was like motorcyclist for a while, and then I bought a 1998 Honda VFR 800 Interceptor. Ooh. And that bike... I literally didn't buy, I didn't even ride it. I bought it because I heard it and I'm like, I need this bike now immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I need this noise to be the sound that's behind me when I'm riding my motorcycle. Is the 98, is that the chain driven cams or is that the VTEC? Gear driven cams. Sorry. Yeah. Gear driven. My bad. No, it's fine. It sounds, it sounds like a supercharged NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. It, that's, you know what? That's what I mean. it, it sounds amazing. I know exactly sounds, the bike you're talking about. It sounds like the Sauber Mercedes C9 LM car. God damn. From Grant from the Le Mans. Le Mans, which is going on right now, which actually, is as we a record. turbo V8. <laughs> and literally has an engine that will run until like the world runs out of oil to put into the engine. What bike is it? I need to look up what this sounds like now. The VFR 800. What year? You just go on. I got. I got some videos of it on my. On my I'm, I'm jealous. That's but, that's a, that's a great engine right there. Yeah. So I ended up. What I did is I I had that bike for a while, and then I I I pretty much only sell stuff when I like need the money for something else. <laughs> so I ended up yeah. selling that's that. Cool. I sold it, and then I I I was out without a motorcycle for a while again, and I was like, wow, I immediately sad face need another yeah vfr so <laughs> i found a really really nice one um with seventy five thousand miles on it for i think i paid 2500 bucks for it that's not bad nice. yeah because i remember i paid the same amount for my vfr that i paid for my civic which is the same color ah. <laughs> and also a red honda yeah. so i remembered that <laughs> but yeah it's a it's an 800 cc uh v4 uh, gear-driven dual overhead cams. The, it had helical cut gears. It sounded. It sounds incredible, oh. and it has a stain tune exhaust on it, which is like the most expensive, nicest sounding exhaust you can get for one of these bikes. Nice. And it's got the. It's got. Um. It's got two seats. It's a sport tourer, so it's. It looks like a regular. It looks like a CBR, but it's just big. Yeah. It's just an yeah. enormous motorcycle. But, and with uh, way more upright seating position too, though. Yeah, it needs bars are nice. It needs bar risers. My, I I need it because my torso and arms are long. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that bike, man, it is it. It sounds so fucking good. It I it's it's hard to describe. I'm trying to find a clip of it. I could play through maybe the microphone <laughs> if I take my voice sensitivity down. Well, and I, I think um, it's the 800. The, the next generation of those, um, Serrated and I have a friend who has like one of those that's got the VTEC. 
Yeah, no longer has yeah I showed it to him. him. I showed but it to him. These are cool. Wild to ride because it's just like it doesn't it doesn't come in with any kind of warning if you're just like cruising along and you cr- pass the threshold. You're just in VTech. Fucking <laughs> cracking tech and breaking necks. Am I right, brother? Tell you what, dude. <laughs> um, so the motorcycle dealership that I worked at that I mentioned that I quit without a notice last episode is the same one that Ryan is the warehouse manager for. And well, that's, I mean, that's how we met. We've changed ownership. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you have. So, I mean, but um, while I was there, speaking of interceptors, there was it, it was a slightly newer model than the one that um, Sterling and Ian has. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, it was a Honda. It was a white Honda 800 interceptor. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot what year it was. But it was a white one, and it so I rode it from the outdoor like showing area of the dealership back into the warehouse one day, and that one short ride has stuck with me since <laughs> 2016 because it was the most comfortable motorcycle I had ever sat on. <laughs> um, and I wish. Like I had never seen one since. I've never seen one of those white, like interceptors since. Um, and I, if I ever find one and I have the money for it, I'm getting one just because of how comfortable it was. So yeah, that's that's the first time that like I've ever experienced like one of those interceptors before, and it was amazing. Even though I rode it for like 300 feet, I I made that same ride at the same dealership on a uh, KTM Super Duke 1250. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just feels like unbridled potential. I really want to find someone who wants to, me to ride theirs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I don't want to buy one. I don't want to pay for KTM service. I love owning a Honda. It's cheap to own. But, um, oh, my God. Yeah. I could tell from just, like, just driving around the building, like, oh, shit, this thing is Hell yeah. crazy. I think this maybe might come through on the mic. Hang I heard on, like me, the first few seconds of it. Let me uh, let me turn my mic sensitivity. Let me turn my noise gate off real quick. Automatically, there we go. Can you hear more now? <laughs> Maybe no. you can hear this. Yes. Wow. Damn. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> was that you yeah me and my helmet <laughs> hell yeah brother <laughs> ever heard um, a fucking motorcycle sound like a car before that's weird uh, yeah it's fucking oh, nice. if, you want, if you want to see the uh, coolest gear driven timing setup ever uh a company called os geiken i believe it is makes a uh gear driven over dual overhead cam conversion for like the old z cars like the 70s ones oh fuck yeah Oh, it's it's just a stack of straight cut gears that bolts God, like directly on the front of the engine. It's crazy. All my homies love straight cut gears. <laughs> Who doesn't love straight cut gears? I want to build a trans. Like I literally just want to build a street car with straight cut gears just to fucking hear it. I don't give a fuck. That's like I I don't want to make my truck much faster, but I want like turbo sound effects and straight cut gears. It can have like two hundred horsepower. That's fine. 
as long as it makes sound effects because <laughs> daily driving it, it's perfect I'm, I'm like taking my truck to the racetrack it's more fun if i can like put the pedal down and i can hold it there for more than a few seconds without breaking the law i don't know that's I, I like I like driving the shit out of slow cars. I really enjoy doing that. Reminds me of that CBR two fifty RR that revs up to like twenty k. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, good lord. Oh my god! Guess what just came in the other day? What? One of those? The Kawasaki ZX four just came out in the United States. Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't have the crazy crazy like twenty k rev limit, but it's a high revving inline four 400 cc sport bike god those pistons are tiny a hundred cc's per piston are you serious little guys (laughs) it's like a it it looks basically like a ninja 400 but it sounds basically like an f1 car that's fucking Uh, crazy fuck god damn it that's awesome Yeah, I yeah. think I have a flyby video of my bike. While you look for that, Pixie, if you could pick a motorcycle, which one would you pick? Motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> the only like back then, I used to see the fucking the turbo Hayabusa's constantly. You would kill yourself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just die. It's very fast because they you will swap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't. I they were fast, but I kind of thought they were ugly. But but they're not no, really no. made to look good so much as to cut yeah. through the air like a knife. Yeah. I mean, the, the Hayabusa and the ZX14, it, they're just the direct result of the speed war of, of like just a, the biggest pissing contest ever. Yeah. Of who can go slightly faster until a gentleman's agreement limited it. So that you know the fastest Hayabusa was like what like 97, yeah. 98 somewhere in there. And then they actually, like, the next year down, the ECU just cuts out the top speed at, I want to say, 198. Holy fuck. <laughs> Only 187. 187 is what it is, I, th- I want to say. And um, they all agreed that, like, that's where the ECU cut would be on all their bikes for however many years until they stopped doing it. Because um, I, I don't think they're still honoring their gentleman's agreement at this point. I think it's just no hold barred, see who can make the most horsepower. Now all the top tier sport bikes are like 200 plus horsepower. It's insane. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's awesome. But like it's it's really just to the point where like these bikes have gotten bonkers fast. Like if you don't ride, you don't understand how fast moderns have gotten. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's not gonna. Fucking wild. I'm not gonna attempt. <laughs> I, if I had to pick one though, I really liked how some of the Ducatis and Aprilias looked. Yeah, they're, they're really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. The only thing is, and you can ask Ian this, is the... European uh, maintenance. It's not even that. The older uh, fucking Panigales, so the sport bike Ducatis, it's a, the older ones are two cylinders. And Interesting. Like the, one of the cylinders goes right where your fucking groin is. <laughs> and of course, cylinder. of course, it's <laughs> just hot all the time. Because it's where the head of the engine is. Um, Hot anyway. And I went on. I went on a small trip while I was at that motorcycle dealership. We all went on Ducatis to this uh, event called Eurobike in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, I was on a Ducati Diavel. Ian was on a Panigale, and we had a couple other people on like uh, Multistradas and um, a Monster. And. I was having a good time because, like, the the Diavel is just basically just a cruiser 
Um, so it was really comfortable for that hour long ride. Ian had burn marks on his inner thigh. Oh my God. Yeah. You almost burned your dick off. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad. He <laughs> almost so, cooked the Johnsonville. <laughs> we were going, absolutely <laughs> incredible, and they're so fast. Yeah, it's because we were going. No, no reservation for rider comfort at all. No, yeah, not at all. Just, we were going through areas through towns, so basically, we, we didn't really go on highways that much on that trip. We went through towns sometimes, and we were stopped in like red light stop and go traffic. He was just. He was standing up on the pegs with his legs out, like it was so fucking hot. So, yeah, that, that was that was a good time. God. Oh, and, and here's just a fun fact to bend you car guys' brains. Um, look into the, the way that Ducati's valve trains work. It's called oh, yeah. desmodromic valves. Yeah, desmodromic um, valves. It doesn't have valve springs. The return is actually a second lobe on the cam, and it's always in mechanical contact. Whoa! So you cannot float a valve in a Ducati. That's pretty cool. Meanwhile, my buddy's Honda with enough valve float to unsink the fucking Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I god, I used to drive a 91 CRX. I, I am so familiar with the sound of a valve float. That was like a daily thing. Like, oh, yep, time to shift. <laughs> I, a, I have kind the of a valve float CRX. sound is the shift light. <laughs> <laughs> the shift sound. <laughs> I found my flyby clip. Oh, nice. Here. Here. Let's Live if, on the pod. I, I don't. I don't know if this is if this sounds good on your end or not, but we shall find out. Ooh, riding that rev limiter. It's a Honda, man. You got hell to. yeah. I don't Honda need to. Sh- I don't need to show off a flyby of my motorcycle because it's in the theme. Your bike sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it, my my bike's engine flyby is in the theme of this podcast. Yeah. I would always feel so bad if we were taking off like early in the morning for a trip because his bike is so loud. <laughs> it, it idles at 94 decibels. <laughs> you should put... You know, wouldn't it be funny if for like, a, I don't know, like a certain episode, we take like different bikes and put them in there? Different and bikes the, for in, the theme? In the intro. Yeah. Like I could make like a Maybe. recording of like I'll like, try like, to make like, the same recording for my bike. I huh, I don't know because I don't have the original like sound file of the song even because I, I made. So you just made that and it's like its own. So you'd have yeah. to like completely like remaster. It. I would. Yeah, because <laughs> I made the theme for this uh, pod back in 2017. On the old computer. I, I was going to originally use it as the theme for like motovlogs. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a pretty but, good motovlog theme. But I ended up using it as the end theme for my motorcycle reviews. And it worked then, pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of worked for the theme of this podcast. So I've been using that as my theme for everything, basically. Fuck <laughs> okay, yeah. You're the only know. one here that has a fucking theme song. <laughs> He's got the most followers. It makes sense. He's been doing it. It does. It, the, <laughs> the stats track, but. <laughs> YouTuber time. It's not my fault that I've just been making shit for over a decade. Damn. Actually, it is was, my fault. I that is legitimately that, like, when, when I That uh, is the definition uh, of your fault. <laughs> when, when I tagged you guys in an Instagram video, uh, I the residual, like, I have now more followers than people I'm following, and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. finally. And I was I just, I'm like, oh, I don't want to make videos. I want to go off-roading. 
Back in 2016, when I started riding my motorcycle, I started posting my bike onto like different things and different Instagram pages were reposting my bike. And I was getting a, a few followers because I, I was, I was just a guy with like 140 followers at the time. And when I started posting my bike, I got up to 350, 360. And then it just kind of dropped off because Instagram stopped making it so just pictures allow you to get more followers. And when I started making more posts, I was like, oh, man, I have more posts than I have followers now. Uh, Fast forward to 2022 and all of a sudden in a month, I have 40,000 followers. That was a fucking trip. Anyway, we can go ahead and get into the... uh the listener interaction portion of this podcast. If you go to the flag time podcast, Instagram page, you can participate in this by waiting for the fucking story to appear and then asking a question. It's very haphazard and not guaranteed that you'll be able to do anything, but it's, it's, it's the only way to ask us questions. Anyway, um, swear to God, if one of the questions is PP or poo poo again, I'm going to lose my mind. We actually have, it's almost, entirely motorcycle questions so i'm sorry oh, pixie but <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's not the other ones <laughs> that shit made me so angry last time <laughs> that was funny that was that was one of the was hilarious but goddamn that was one of the highlights of the whole fucking podcast to me especially with sterling's Sterling response. in depth on it <laughs> What I was, sorry, I was distracted. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh my! The God. last episode where our first question was pee pee or poo poo, and you actually. Oh yeah, and then it. I was like, "Well, you know, the thing is, <laughs> it depends on your mood, and it depends on how much time you got." Yeah. All right. So first question. Um, I'm always just gonna. I'm because of that. I'm always just gonna like say what the first one says now. Like whoever the f- is gold, yeah. Like, I mean, wow, weird. That never happens. Yeah, right. Um. So Chrysler Connections' response is: Love the podcast. You guys are hilarious. What's your favorite car content creator? And we'll start with Ryan. Oh, my favorite car content creator. Yes. I wonder if Ooh. we share the same one because you recommended mine to me. I mean, that's that's kind of tough because it's it's hard to not love regular car reviews. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Um, but i mean i i would say that the the old top gear crew is is like the golden standard true Um, yeah as far as content creation i don't think that will ever be reached again um that's my dream job again plugging that if anyone wants to hire me at top gear to run your show (laughs) more than happy but yeah i mean it's hard to say. It kind of changes from week to week because that's the the nature of YouTube. But as as far as long term, I would say probably regular car reviews has given me the most hours of just reliable information and laughs at the same time. Or um, Hoonigans is probably the other one. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's just they seem to be having the most fun of anyone uh, as a as a collective. And you know, rest in peace, Ken Block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I'm I'm glad though that they're they're pushing on because that's really I think as far as culturally they've had the most influence on the car scene as a whole. Oh yeah, especially with all the Jim Connor videos that they've made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just they've they've literally just changed the way that car culture interacts with the internet and and just 
they're the best as far as you know. So I changed my answer, I guess. Sorry, regular car. <laughs> actually, now that I put some thought into it, uh, Hoonigan wins out. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. What about rambling you? answer for you. <laughs> what about you, Sterling? Um, probably either, probably either regular car reviews. I used to like Roadkill a lot. I don't really like a lot of their new stuff anymore. I mean, I mm-hmm. still like, I still like it, but I think Roadkill kind of peaked when they like drove for, to me anyway. They they like it peaked when they drove the muscle truck towing a, an engineless jet boat to Lake Mead, and then they took the engine out of the muscle truck, put it in the jet boat, drove the jet boat around, and then they put the engine back in the muscle truck, and then they left. <laughs> that was so fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, them, regular car reviews. The, the golden days of that, that was, that was the oh, best. Oh, yeah. I, um, AWOL now, and... They had yeah. the, the engine dyno videos. I love those. Engine Masters. They, have, they still yes. have them on YouTube. You still watch them. You can still watch all their stuff for free, but they have way more stuff if you pay. I subscribe to it. It's it's pretty good. Um, but you can uh, either... Oh, wait. I was going to say that um, I drove to uh, the Summit Racing Store with my buddy, and we went and saw the spot that they made on the ground in the parking lot. Oh, shit. Horse attraction is the mark in the parking lot. Yeah, I was literally like, "Yeah, I want, I want to, I want." I like, I took a picture of it. I think I had a picture of it somewhere. Um, <laughs> but either leave some flowers there. I don't know. Eric's pretty fucking funny. Hey, I'm, I'm not a car YouTuber though. <laughs> hey, well, you're not. A, you're you said car content creator, which you are. Oh, so okay. I, I guess either, I don't know. Either you or we count. Probably regular car reviews. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's hundred percent fine. Cause I don't I don't count myself as like a car content creator. Like I make car. content that has cars in it. It's like car. You're adjacent. not a car, buddy. And <laughs> <laughs> nanobots in your bloodstream, you just gotta think hard enough. Right. Nanobots. But, uh, like I would literally be making like the same kind of jokes if it if I wasn't a Mercedes technician. But I mean that's that's just the way I see it. Yeah, as someone that's been on his Instagram since before, like he had a hundred thousand followers and all that. Yeah, you're fucking funny as hell, though. Like I remember literally, like when I started getting popular, and people were like, "Serena Mobius has entered the chat or something," <laughs> and then you just like messaged me when I hit like five thousand followers, and you're like, "Hey, your videos are really funny." <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I saw like you were going through the same exact thing that my like page was going through and i was like you are about to explode i just want to let you know that your shit is fucking funny and uh i wish to collaborate in the future and here we are yeah we are collab and when we do the irl collab it's gonna be really fucking awesome dude i'm going to laugh hilarious i'm going to laugh so hard that i might not survive that trip (laughs) like i i guarantee you we are it's just gonna be funny the entire time uh but yeah pixie what are some of your favorite car content creators my favorite car content creator is probably that dude in blue. Hey, yeah. I've, I've been watching him for so long. Mustang man. Basically, yeah. So I just like seeing the fucking ridiculous <laughs> cars that he that he ends up reviewing, like the recent one with a thousand all-wheel horsepower Subaru. God. And it didn't break. Fucking over. I couldn't imagine that much. I, they, you know, they didn't say what kind of transmission it had, but it was still an H pattern, so... Okay. So that thing fucking... It had a 76 millimeter turbo on it, and that thing just fucking ripped. 
Hell yeah. Maybe they, maybe they went like BC Moto style and did like boost per gear protocol. So they're not like running all that boost until it's pretty much a one-to-one through the transmission. I don't know. That thing hit boost immediately when you shifted. There was no lag if you shifted it fast enough. Well, did, did you ever see the, the BC Moto, uh, the Honda Odyssey minivan, thousand horsepower build? Yeah, I saw that. That one is it's like it, it makes like fifty pounds of boost or something obscene like that, but it doesn't do that until it's in fifth gear because the rest of the transmission just won't hold it. And that's like seems like a practical way to get a Subaru to survive to me. Don't drive it. That's a better way. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure the transmission was fully built out and, and everything. I can't imagine there's a lot of built transmissions that'll fit in an Odyssey. Yeah. One of my favorite car content creators right now is uh, Noriaro, which Ryan recommended oh, yeah. to me. Oh, I forgot to... I should have plugged him. Noriaro. <laughs> God, I've been trying to do it for like 12 years or some shit like that. Yeah, dude. Like, his videos are... They're a really good vibe because it feels like you're going to like a car meet with him almost. So it, it's like... It's, it's really just fun to watch because you get to see like him basically like it, it's like you have a day off when you when you watch one of his videos that, well, that's, he, that's like the uh, feeling that i describe it he seems to be super ingrained also like in the local drift scene like oh, everybody yeah. knows him because he's he's literally like a local drifter in japan mm. but he's an australian guy who moved to japan to be closer to the drifting and all that like yeah years and years ago decades ago and oh my god i'm glad that you uh, are a big fan of his because uh yeah consistent Awesome content. He's mm-hmm. he did the uh, the Dodge Van drift yeah. video. Dodge Van. Dodge Van. I, so cool. I just watched today his uh, video where he went to that big rotary meetup. Oh. Yeah, it was like rotaries on rotaries on rotaries, and it was a fucking six rotor uh, RX fucking seven. There. Did you say six rotors? Yes, yeah, six rotor. Good it's lord! Not like a, it's not like a fucking Formula One car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that like was the seven eight seven B was only a. It was a four uh, rotor. Four rotor. Yeah. You can Is literally they, just keep building them. Yeah, you could just keep stacking them and stacking them on another Lego. Oh, I know that. Yeah. As long as you got the crankshaft long enough, it'll it'll work. Putting all that th- power through like just little extensions on the crankshaft seems a little sketchy, though. <laughs> You'd have to make one from a giant fucking piece of steel. I want me a twelve uh, rotor Mazda. <laughs> just make throw like, it. My- <laughs> the rotor goes from bumper to bumper. Throw in my F one fifty. It'd be so fucking funny. Just take like a fucking like just make it like so long that you have to like extend the like hood length of the car. Yeah. <laughs> so, or just yeah. fit it in a or just fit it in a Cummins truck. Cummins. It's no room in that fucking Cummins. thing. God, I hate Dodge trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll go to the next question here. Let me, <laughs> let me let me pull it back up before we start making fun so, of trucks again. Um bad there's a lot of these questions so we'll go ahead and get it out of the way um like over five people asked this ryan what's the first what's a really good beginner motorcycle a really good beginner motorcycle yes um i would i right now on the market i would say the best beginner motorcycle is probably the kawasaki z400 Um, nice yeah i thought you were about to make a joke but yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh Drama is fun, but like honestly, yeah, you're not gonna keep up in traffic with that. But like a Z400 is big enough, you could make a two-hour trip on it, no problem. 
you're not going to ever outgrow it because that's something that like, if you wanted to do track days and stuff, it's going to be a serious contender for or a, anything you want to use it for trips round town. It's, it's comfortable. Uh, the Ninja 400 is a good option, but then you're hunched over and I'm a six foot tall, 40 year old man. I, I just prefer the more upright. Um, uh, second to that, I would say the Suzuki SV650 is probably like just the all around jack of all trades in motorcycles. If you own one, you probably should just keep it forever. Um, and it's a it's a pretty decent starter bike as long as you have some self control. <laughs> not a lot of people have nowadays. It's a new yeah. bike, right? Like a yeah, brand new one. The four hundred is like the ideal. You can pin that thing wide open, and it's not going to kill you, but it's still fast enough to be fun. Uh, SV six fifties have been around for years. Yeah, and they're only on like the third generation after probably twenty years. I mean, heck, I know they made them in like two thousand one. I think they what ninety eight, ninety seven, somewhere in there. They started making those. Mm-hmm. And and every generation of them consistently. If you get an SV650, fantastic starter bike. But it's it's faster than people will will convince you it is. Just like everyone wants to push you towards like, oh man, you should get a leader bike. You're gonna outgrow that 600, and you're gonna want a faster bike. Like I started on a leader bike. Do not start on a leader bike. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a really it's it a really toxic component of the, of the motorcycle com- community is really pushing people into bikes that are too big that they're scared of that they they don't learn on something that's appropriate and uh you you don't learn to ride at the limits on too much bike as easily as like like your sister's 300 you know how much fun that thing is to ride it's around it's hilariously fun dude yeah like i mentioned it in the video it's so hilarious going from an s1000 down to a 300 because you can pin it and you're like oh my god it's been five seconds and i'm not going 150 and you can just whip it around so easy it's light yep maneuverable it gets 70 miles to the gallon oh, and it's yeah. got a, it's got a fuel gauge <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> does your bike not have a fuel gauge no on it doesn't the s1000 does not have a fuel gauge it, it a tells it, it tells you it's when odd. you have it, it tells you when you have 30 miles left in the tank and that's it all right i guess so I can go get gas now <laughs> yeah and that, you know, we, we We've taken like like thousand mile trips on this thing, and you just hope that you're within thirty miles of a gas station. Yep. Yeah. You're like, well, we'll see. <laughs> hey, my fuel light's on. We just passed the gas t- gas station. Fuck. Got to turn around. <laughs> Legit. Sometimes that's the only thing to do when you're in like rural Georgia, and you're like, um, yeah. Remember that gas station ten miles back? We're gonna hit that. Shit. That's, that was a funny thing about that trip is like North Carolina, the back roads of North Carolina look like the back roads of South Carolina look like the back roads of Georgia look like the back roads of Alabama. It's it's all the same. 100% looks entirely the same. Deep South back roads. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, so something that's missing is a there's, banjo. There's just a little bit more elevation change in different places. That's about it. Some places have a little more banjo than the other ones. <laughs> Some places are a little more ye than haw. <laughs> yeah. Before we go, before we go to the next few questions, um, how was that North Carolina to Alabama, North Carolina trip for you? Because I don't, not like very few of my followers know about that trip because nobody scrolls down on Instagram anymore. And like, <laughs> let me let me preface this by saying Ryan and I went to uh, the Barber Motorsports Park Museum on our motorcycles from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Round trip, it was a little over 1,200 miles. 
Um, I did it on my S1000 as a tribute to my dad because my dad was born in Fayetteville, Georgia, moved to Fayetteville, North Carolina, and he had his fatal accident at Barber Motorsports Park on an S1000. So I took his road-going S1000 because he had two of them. One was track use only, and that one was totaled in the accident. So I took his road-going S1000 and decided to ride it uh, from Fayetteville, North Carolina to Fayetteville, Georgia, and then from Fayetteville, Georgia to the Barber Motorsports Park uh, as a tribute to him. And Ryan went with me as like a buddy system kind of thing to make sure like nothing bad happened. And also because it was just going to be an amazing trip because there's a five-story motorcycle museum at Barber Motorsports Park and Ryan had never been. So with the amount of encyclopedic knowledge that Ryan has, it would have been absolutely fantastic to go to a museum with someone like Ryan and experience all the really cool motorcycles that they had on display there. Uh, which it was. It was absolutely fantastic. So, like, how was the trip for you, Ryan, from what you oh, remember? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, there's a certain element to, I mean, because you know, because you're the one that I do all the, like, longer trips with it. And, like, there's a certain misery to doing any long road trip yeah. on sport bikes. <laughs> so, you know that, like, you have to stop every hour. Your your butt's going to yeah. be numb. Your hands are going to hurt. My knees um, were crying. But- it, it's it's funny because like the the little moments of just like peeking up over a hill in Georgia and like like it's just it just your brain pretty much the memory of it all just erases all that misery and it's just like it's an, it was an incredible trip. Um, mm-hmm. We just told Google like, hey, no highways, no ferries, no toll roads, and it it planned out this like you said crazy back road thing that looked like you were in the same state the entire trip. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was like taking a weekend ride that just kept on going and going and going. But yeah, no, it was great. Uh got to meet a bunch of of your family. Yeah. Um and that was that was a lot of fun. And then that museum was absolutely incredible. It's the largest motorcycle museum in the world, so and unless you look at pictures of it, like you can't really wrap your brain around it and pictures don't do it justice. Yeah. Um it's it's motorcycles of every era from every part of the world brands you've never even heard of and as a weird side thing also the largest collection of lotus automobiles in the world Um, cool but yeah no that trip was amazing and it it was i don't know it's it's, like i said it's it's one of those like once in a lifetime trips Mm -hmm. it's just take the time we didn't hurry anywhere i think we only rode what bali what do we do about eight hours a day? Yeah, just about. Yeah. Like we Uh, made, well, well, no, the first, the first day we went from Fayetteville, North Carolina to Fayetteville, Georgia. And that took a good 12 hours with a break every hour. Jesus. Yeah. So we, we were on the bikes for 12 accumulative hours pretty much. And when we finally got to, um, the location of Fayetteville, Georgia, which is the house that my dad grew up in, which uh, my grandmother owned for a little while, but then sold to my uncle, which was my dad's brother, of course. So it's still that house is still in the family. That's where I went every summer and Christmas in my childhood just to have like family reunions and stuff like that. But they had a pool. There was there's a pool there. When we got there after the 12 hour ride, we got in the pool, got a couple of beers and we were just like, holy fuck. (laughs) Yeah, my ass hurts. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you couldn't find it out of that inner tube. 
yeah, uh, that that was that was one of the most that was one of the best like just being in a pool experiences after a twelve hour long ride. But then the next morning we get back on the motorcycles and ride three more hours to Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham. Yep. Which, which honestly, that was like nothing, and it's like every progressive day through the trip, your your butt kind of hardens up a bit. It to did. The, uh, it did. And I mean, by the end of it, we were pushing through just how far we could make it on a tank of gas. That's the thing. Um, like uh, on the way back home after we spent uh, three days at the motorcycle museum, because that's about how much time you need to like get a good look at everything at that museum. Yeah, we could have um, spent another three days. I mean, it's just yeah, we it's could've. crazy. Uh, but on the way back, we filled up at the Bucky's that's like right next to um, Barber Motorsports Park. Uh, filled up our motorcycles there and went nonstop from Birmingham, Alabama to Fayetteville, Georgia. Like we didn't stop at all three straight hours. And at, at about two and a half hours, I went over the scene and I was like, you feeling all right? And he was like, the, no. you're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt fine. Yeah, we both it were just weird. like. It was very weird. <laughs> Both of us were just like, yeah, we don't feel I don't feel any pain. Like we can keep going. And no, we that's what we did. We didn't stop at all. So it it kind of like tr- it was almost like training just about. It was it was really weird. It was really weird. Buns of steel. Yeah, pretty much. The iron butt. Um, <laughs> well, that was like the only multiple day cuz usually like we we've taken a, a a few trips up to Asheville. Yeah. To go ride in the mountains with one of our buddies, and uh, you know that's that's just as grueling of a first day. But then there's no follow up of it. We just kind of you know bum around for a couple of days in Nashville and and have a good time, and then y- you make the grueling ride back. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's one thing I'd like to to try again, like for a, an even longer trip if if ever you're down. Uh, um, yeah, I just have to find time to do it. <laughs> yeah, there's a question for Ryan. Polo boy underscore 15. How did you and Serrated meet? Oh, goodness. Actually, that's kind of interesting. Um, so Serrated, his old local riding buddy that was uh, the go-to like weekend ride, um, go grab some lunch or something, was, was my roommate at the time. And uh, I got a bike around the same time that Ian was moving out of town. Yeah, and- just for, just for um, like, reference sake ian was the guy who was on the panigale who burnt the inside of his thighs yes yes it all weaves together um so uh around like there was a little bit of overlap there and i wrote a couple times with both of them i think um but then yeah i just started out that um you know on the weekend i'd be like hey you want to go ride to wherever aberdeen grab some lunch go to ride to lumberton grab some lunch whatever um and then one day we were just chilling out we were gonna go watch tv i think afterwards because i had kind of started hanging out around the house a little more and um i just started like picking up tools in the garage and like putting them away because mm-hmm. you know the the garage was kind of a mess and i was like hey man we should like start doing that and and so we started putting stuff away and hanging out and like coming over like an hour after every day after work hanging out um and really we just started hanging out and riding a lot more after that yep a lot of it just came from like i said uh I, a friend introduced me to him and we started riding a bunch and then I was like, Hey, you want to clean the garage? Yep. And during that garage cleaning uh, venture, that's when you got me into podcasts. Cause I, I wasn't listening to podcasts at that time. And then you turned me on to uh, how did this get played? Oh, that's a good one. So you guys can thank 
Ryan for me being into podcasts and wanting to start one in the first place. Sick. So thanks, buddy. I I appreciate the credit. I I think you probably would have found your way here eventually, anyways. (laughs) Maybe Uh, we'll see. The the medium of the future. There's like what five million of them now. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, there's so many podcasts. It's there's so many podcasts right now. The fact that we're on a chart is fucking insane. That's the thing. Yeah, no, I was, dude, when I saw that post, I was, like, so proud, and it's it's just funny, the random, like, statistics that you'd get from, like, globally, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and just to, to think that it has that much reach is is wild to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll have I sent you the heat map yet? Have no, I haven't seen that. I'll actually send that to you right now, like, shit. But no, I think that's awesome, because, like, from, you know, knowing Send me that, Eric, too. Like, it's just like, like I said, I was, I was friends with him before he went off to become a mechanic and, and went to NASCAR tech and all that. So, uh, I, I was on his Instagram some before it was really what it is now. It was like videos of the dogs and, and stuff like that. Um, and I, I a hundred percent like agree that Eric, when he says like, if, if it wasn't for the followers, he'd still be making pretty much the exact same videos. Because he makes them to entertain himself, which is, I think, how you end up with good content. That's that's something that I think that has has consistently like I don't ever look at your stuff and go, oh, he's really stretching now. Like it's just the same. Like I'm I'm laughing my ass off at the shit the same way I was. Shit, how many years ago now? Five, seven, six. Oh God, has it been that long? Yeah, six years. That's wild. Yeah, I started riding in 2016, so yeah, that's when I started meeting everybody in the motorcycle world. Mostly we used to just ride like somewhere within a hundred miles of where we live almost every weekend uh, and just go eat somewhere. Like yeah. that, that was the reason why I rode was to go find food. That, that oh, was the main reason. Main <laughs> reason to ride. The food um, searching bike. Yes. Yeah. No, I have a, I have food a hunter. I have a card <laughs> in my wallet that has like, if someone recommends a restaurant to me somewhere in the state of North Carolina, um, I write it down. I Google it. Um, I write the distance, the address, you know, how many hours it takes to ride there. And so I just like on a whim, like if someone's like, hey, you want to go for a ride? Like, yeah, sure. How long you want to ride for? This restaurant's two hours away. You want to go? It's it's I think more people need to do that. Just mm-hmm. get a friend that, that you want to meet up with, make a weekend of it, uh, get two or three good riding buddies. You don't need a, a, a huge group of people. One of the things I like about riding with Eric is we've ridden together so much. Like I just trust him. I know where he's at. I don't have to keep track of him. He's not going to do anything stupid. Contrary to popular belief. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's one of the safest riders I've ever ridden with. Just and don't play free bird on the radio. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, there's someone. There's a lot in South Africa. Yeah. That's 20,000 dots, by the way. We have uh, how many people this, uh, listen? Yeah, this podcast has had twenty thousand total downloads. Wow! God, motherfucking damn! Was it, wasn't it just like fucking like eight thousand or something like I'm last so week? Proud of you guys. Um, <laughs> All right, let's get a few more questions going. This is gonna be a long episode. You can also split it into two parts. It's almost no, been recording for two do, hours. We won't nah. do that. Well, you can edit out the dumb stuff and make us sound really quippy. That's what I do. That's what I do every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're like 10 minutes into the episode then yeah <laughs> guest episodes usually last a really long time there's some episodes of the fucking smoking tire that are three hours long Good god yeah well I, honestly like one of the things I, as far as me looking forward to this is like I, I i guess i realize abstractly that it's a podcast but like it's it's 
a podcast I listen to. So it's like, oh, I get to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little surreal. Um, I don't know if I, <laughs> it's going to be weird to listen to. When you listen to it, you're going to be like, did I actually say that? Do I actually oh, sound like that? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I've, just human nature. I think everyone hates their own voice when they hear it. I don't. Well, yeah. <laughs> I only hate it in video recordings because it makes me sound like a fucking child for some reason. <laughs> well, I got two words. Don't for you. you fucking dare. <laughs> you are a child. I had a request and then I forgot. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh, or something to say. Uh, oh yeah, I got the sob fixed. Nice, very nice. Right. Hell yeah! I the right front lower ball joint was so bad you can move it in and out of the socket that it's in probably like two or three millimeters. Oh wow, mm, yummy! Like Shit. it was very bad, Fuck. and now they're fixed. And now the car needs an alignment so bad because <laughs> you drive straight and the tires get so saw- hot, you can pour water on them and it boils off of them. I saw that snap. I, I saw that snap. Damn. All right, so anyway, um, yeah. Sorry. Here's, here's another question for our guest here. Papa Papa Benz has asked, uh, "How does it feel to ride one of the last great bikes Honda's ever made?" How does it feel to ride one of the last great bikes Honda's ever made? Oof. Well, I, I do love the 919. Okay. Um, one of the last great bikes they've made, like as a Honda fan, like that almost hurts a little bit. I love uh, Honda. There's a lot of really great Hondas out there, but I also can kind of, of see where they're coming from. It's the first generation fuel injected bike. Uh, so it's a little, it's a little raw on the fuel map. It's, it's, there's no computer controls. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Eric, have you ridden my bike? Like it's a really really I, fun. I bike. rode it uh, during when we did that whole like little obstacle course thing in the parking lot of your warehouse. Before I crashed it in the parking lot of the warehouse. Yes, yeah, that was that was that was fun. I was I I honestly thought you broke your neck at that point. I I wasn't sure I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know, um, we did a little obstacle course with cones in the. Are we allowed to talk about this? Because it's at your yeah, workplace. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, Did, uh, my boss said I could mention the, the business. He didn't mind, and I was just like, "Well, I don't know if like if my opinions and 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 sense of humor are on brand with him." So I don't know. Well, uh, we haven't. I, I we haven't. Offend, I can make a shout out at the end, I guess. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> mentioned the name of the dealership yet. So, and and you were on your personal motorcycle, so it's okay. But um, yeah. yeah. So we were doing this obstacle the obstacle course thing with cones in the warehouse parking lot, and you were starting to get really good lap times because I was keeping track of your lap times. Oh, I was coming in hot. Yeah, and you were doing pretty good. Uh, but what happened? Like, because I saw the whole thing like vividly. You were going into uh, the braking zone of the first corner because we had it set up to where there was a long straightaway just so we could get up to a little bit of speed. Um, and your front wheel had come up, I guess, during a uh, gear shift or something. I don't know exactly. I, but your 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 front wheel was up and you hit the brakes before the front wheel hit the ground. I did not realize the front wheel was off the ground. Yeah. So <laughs> because there was no contact with the ground, it immediately just stops spinning. And once it touches the ground, it doesn't regain traction as well. So he basically locked up the front wheel and the bike fell out from under him. Yeah, he just layered down. In slow motion. Like it just, it was, 
my brain couldn't process why the bike was going down. It just was going sideways underneath me, and I was kind of floating in the air like like Looney Tunes cartoon style. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh my God. Watching the bike fall away from me and the ground kind of start to come in, like, what's going on? Yeah. But and, that wasn't... And, and, that wasn't the scary part, because the scary part was the fact that you went head first into a dirt berm next to a pole. And well, luckily it was shoulder first. Yeah, uh, but I think head first, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Yeah, no, because I like I saw that and I was like, ah, his neck's broken. Fuck. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I hit my go. shoulder hard enough. It flipped my body up in the air and yeah, I dropped no, back down on my stomach. Like he he or no, I started out on my stomach and went on my back. Yeah, you were up in the air at one point, like <laughs> nothing touching the ground. So like we. My my sister was there as well, and we both ran over to make sure you were okay. I turned off your motorcycle after we made sure that you were okay. And, um, yeah, you were just like, the first thing you said was, how's the bike? I think. <laughs> like, no, that's me whenever I wreck anything that I own. I'm like, oh, like my arm's missing and my fucking teeth are all bashed. And I'm like, where's the, how's my car? Yeah. <laughs> my car my fucked second, up. My second thought, I think, was, oh, shit, I just fucked up my pretty much brand new helmet yeah <laughs> it's just only the things that cost a lot of money are the only things oh, that yeah. supposed to take damage so i had bought like the first nice helmet that i'd ever bought brand new like i'd had a, a few oh, really oh, nice hand-me-downs um and i'd had a few cheap helmets that i'd bought but i had got the first really like pretty nice helmet it was an hjc um oh, if i can remember the name of it the arfa what 11 Arfa 12. Arfa 12. Anyway, it's pretty nice helmet. Nothing like super expensive, but like it was like a $600 helmet. Good lord. Yeah, I had it for like a month and then I just ground the entire side off of it. Um, Which, in retrospect, it saved more than $600 in medical bills. So, everyone, wear your fucking full face helmets. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, don't get a goddamn half helmet. Or be like some of the people where I live and not wear helmets at all. I immediately bought the carbon fiber version of the same exact helmet. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I feel like motorcycle insurance should pay for your helmet when it gets ruined during an accident. It should. I, I don't know but... if insurance covers like anything. It, it... If you're running a cone course in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. Like, I mean, I guess we could have like put it in the truck and dragged it out to the road somewhere and like sprinkled <laughs> some oil on the ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just yes, kind of definitely I think, didn't. Stage this. The third thought was, "Hey, we should go get pizza." <laughs> I know, but that that was that was a good time. What were we talking about before? <laughs> I think oh, it was um, how you guys met. Oh yeah. 919. Um, I I really enjoy it. It's basically like riding an overpowered SV650. Ah. It's it's a fantastic non-computer regulated overpowered naked bike from the era before computer controls really stepped in. So it's it's a lot of fun. If you have a chance to buy a Honda 919, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a fantastic motorcycle, and you can easily expect that if you take care of it, it'll last you 200,000 miles plus. Hell yeah. My VFR's got 75,000 on it. It's fucking running like a top. Runs like a brand new one. Honestly, you take care of them. Like, um, I mean, Ian had a a CBR 954 that was just under 100,000 miles when someone pulled out in front of him. Wow. And totaled the bike out. He was pissed because he, you know, almost broke a hundred thousand miles on a sport bike. And um, there's some guy online I saw that's got like a, a 
CBRF4i, the 600. And the guy's been posting video updates for years and years. Apparently, it's, I think, the original engine. And I want to say it was like four or 500,000 miles on this bike. God damn. God, motherfucking damn. Yeah, so, I mean, the any of the old Honda four-cylinders, you can't really go too wrong. Uh, that 600 is actually based on the exact same block and everything as the 919, the 900, uh, the 954, all of those. And it really is, um, I, mean, I don't know if it's one of Honda's last great bikes, but it is absolutely a, a masterpiece of Honda engineering. Um, and I'm a self-admitted Honda fanboy. If you ask me what the best brand of car or bike is, I will tell you Honda all day long and mm-hmm. i'm pretty open about honda that though cars do you say oh i love honda cars <laughs> <laughs> oh, anytime boy. anytime ryan would come over to watch a formula one race it would be a constant mercedes and honda battle i am honda big time yeah we watched the uh 2021 abu dhabi grand prix live together fuck yeah and that was a oof <laughs> that was that was an oof and a half <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but I've I've never I've never been done wrong by Honda between power washers, lawnmowers, cars, scooters. I've had it all. They make a fantastic everything from what I can see, except when they get a little too creative and make like that weird bike with the oval pistons that didn't really work. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, they, oh, yeah, heard about that? Crazy ideas in their head. Never heard of that. Yeah, look up like oval piston Honda. Didn't Donut Media make a video on that or something Probably, like that? Yeah. yeah, and it's some obscene like it's like a thirty-two valve four-cylinder. And the only thing was, it was like the oil rings couldn't rotate. Nineteen seventy-nine oval piston engine. Wow, it fucking revved to twenty-three thousand RPM. <laughs> In 1979, Honda just does weird, crazy stuff. Sometimes there's like the RC bikes. There's an old, um, like 125 cc four cylinder that revs to 20,000 RPM, and it doesn't have an idle circuit on the carburetor. You have to just burp the throttle to keep it running. But if you burp it too hard, it'll over rev because there's almost no rotational mass to the engine. So if you give it too much, it'll over rev its 20,000 RPM rev limit and just shatter. If you see Fuck. pictures of the internals of that, I think it's like the RC 112 or 116 or something crazy like that. But uh, it looks more like watchmakers stuff laid out than an engine. So what you're saying is, is I would destroy it in five seconds. Oh, yeah. I, know, I couldn't be trusted anywhere near it. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. It's broken. Yeah, no, no. You got to burp it to keep it going. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So the the NR750, it had eight valves per cylinder. What the fuck? Yeah. So literally, like, I'm looking at it, and it looks like a V8. It literally has has eight connecting rods. Four four cylinders. Sorry, I'm still laughing at Pixie's reaction. <laughs> it's fucking wild. In our so many it was it was fifty thousand dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, it's, well, it, yeah. if you know uh, if you know Honda motorcycles, you realize that that's not out of like the norm. I think their top range bike right now is like a hundred and some thousand dollars. Yeah, um, wild. It's just like no oh, one buys Honda. Them. I mean, no one buys them. It's just so that they can be like, yeah, you can buy the MotoGP bike. Totally. If you want to. <laughs> I guess you could go buy like a fucking 
the whatever the custom package Harleys that's that cost fifty thousand dollars or whatever the fuck they are on like a road glide. You can buy the Indian Challenger King of the Baggers edition with carbon fiber bags and like a built motor. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of that? No. It's it's a it's a bagger racing competition on road courses. Imagine a pack of baggers. Coming down the corkscrew at Laguna Seca. When we go to the Moto America race in Texas, we're gonna see a King of the Baggers race. Holy no, fuck! Dude. Let's fucking go. It's it's <laughs> it's it's gonna be during the weekend. Oh my when god! <laughs> uh, September eighth through the tenth at Circuit of the Americas. We still gotta buy the tickets. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I'm getting do. them as soon as my bonus hits. So how many days off would I have to take? Uh, we're going Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm taking like the seventh through the eleventh off. September. All right, man. I get like three weeks of paid vacation. Hell yeah! Fucking, you, sh- lucky. you should come join us. I get like a week, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I, also get, I also get like four weeks paid vacation. Fuck you, Pixie. <laughs> <laughs> you get it at your job? What the fuck? Yeah. He's the youngest. Andy has the most <laughs> vacation. It's a whole lot of benefits in my job. It's just they don't pay you anything. <laughs> Give me your vacation pay. <laughs> yeah, you can have a week of it. I... Yeah, yeah, if, you, if you don't, if you don't use your vacation, do they let you cash it out? Because I, I used to work yes. for a, a tire shop one time, and I remember I had a, a week of vacation, and I was like, I don't have any plans for that, but there's this set of rims. I want to buy for my truck so I went into my boss's office and I was like hey man um I don't think I'm going to take that vacation but I really could use that extra week's pay for uh, a set of rims and he was like okay <laughs> yeah sure why not come on so my but, vacation uh, we'll go, was yeah. rims for my truck we'll go we'll segue that into one of the questions that we have here sports cars of sumas asks victory or polaris era indian no third options Victory or polaris era indian oh man I would have to go with Indian because Victory were were fantastic motorcycles, and I really think that they they brought something different to the market that is now kind of missing from the market because everything is kind of throwback and old school, whereas Victory had that kind of edgy design. It was a little more modern looking. Uh, That being said, some of the stuff that Indian's been doing lately, um, I personally think that the FTR uh, is the best American motorcycle on the market. That being said... The competition that it has given Harley has really lit a fire under them, too. And so, if anything, I'd say that that not only would I pick Polaris-era Indian, um, but post-Polaris Harley, in my opinion, has gotten better because they've been pushed to kind of compete with the more modern um, engineering that really victory brought to the table and then you know got changed over when Polaris got a, a brand name with a little more prestige to sell motorcycles with. I don't know if that was a little, little more in the weeds and in depth than you were looking for, but, uh, no, no, that's, uh, that's, that's what I would say to, uh, what was the, what was the person's name? Sports cars of Sumas. It's, it's like, my buddy a, Chris. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that, that would be my long winded answer for you, Chris, as, uh, I, I, I did love victory. They were fantastic, but I really think that, that they've done some great things with Indian, and I think going forward, the competition between Indian and Harley is just going to make everyone make some amazing yeah. bikes over the next few years. Competition makes better stuff. Oh, yeah. It, it really does. It pushes innovation. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to send Sterling and Pixie a reel of the King of the Baggers. Here. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. 
Oh gosh! Wow, I'm so greasy and gross right now. <laughs> take a shower. I, I, I need to I, take a shower once we're done. I, uh, side note: so today I drove my buddy's track prepped EG. Uh huh. Oh. And I also got to ride in my other buddy's track prepped 600 wheel horsepower Supra, and okay. they are frighteningly fast cars because the because the EG has a K24 in it. Is that what that reel was, or that snap was with the like racing yes. gauge cluster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you, you got to drive. You got to drive a souped-up Supra. I didn't drive it. I'm not driving. Oh. It's a right-hand <laughs> drive turbo 600 wheel horsepower Supra. I will literally crash it. Oh, I've, I've, I've driven an 800 horsepower left-hand drive turbo Supra. Yeah, right-hand drive fast cars are not something that I jive with. No, it's, it's like jerking off with the wrong hand. It feels way too <laughs> I really want to try the, the left-hand stick shift, but yeah, I don't know if I'd No, it, like you get used to it after a second. That was well, weird was... after what Pixie said. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's, that's, that's a perfect analogy for it, though. <laughs> Because you're grabbing a stick with the hand that you don't normally grab a stick with. <laughs> I don't know. One of my buddies used to have a, uh, a right-hand drive. Uh, it was a Subaru WRX STI S202. And, and that thing was so much fun to ride around with the dog in the passenger seat. Like, we'd just, like, we'd pile in the back, let the dog ride up front with, with him, and, and just go down the freeway, and you just get the craziest looks. But uh, it was the most miserable thing because every time we'd like be in the right lane and he'd want to get over to the left, he'd be like, hey, can you guys check the, the check? For, am I clear? So, yeah, I, I think that driving a right hand drive car in America sounds like a really miserable proposition for a daily driver. I, like, had, anyone yeah. that does it. I had a Suzuki Cappuccino and that was fine because it was like this fucking tiny it was a tiny (laughs) tiny guy so like you could just like look out over the you could you could literally grab the left you could grab the back wheel from the driver's seat with the door closed oh i I like little weird cars i know that car really well i'm jealous that you had one it was fucking sick i miss that car i regret selling it i regret selling 90% of the cars that i owned um but i also Hang on a second. What? <laughs> That's why I've had my truck Hang for like a few years. I'm like, I will regret selling my truck if I ever get rid of my truck. So I'm just going to keep my truck. Hang it's on. Not I'm going to be right back. <laughs> okay, bye. Fucking Derek is dying. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Did you have to leave the room for that? Because I didn't hear any <laughs> laughter. I heard the initial laughter and then silence. <laughs> I backed away from the microphone. Yeah. Oh, I'm what? crying. Fuck. Alrighty. Are that, we that's done? How... So Do you need to go Do somewhere? we have... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll go ahead and end it here. Um, we recorded for two hours. Fucking hell! That, that's a good. That's a good. Man, <laughs> probably a good episode. So that, that's that was that's how easy it is to make me laugh right there. I, oh, I miss I missed Eric laughing. No, you you will, you'll hear it. You'll hear it at the podcast because I'm keeping that whole hold on what in. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. <laughs> I would well, have well, if people weren't asleep in my house. Oh my god! I just screamed at eleven oh four. It's Friday night. What? Saturday night? Whatever. Um. Saturday night. Woohoo! Uh. So yeah. Uh, thank you yes. very much, Ryan, for joining us today. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, I hope uh, it was as fun as you thought it would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hope <laughs> I, I, I made a decent guest uh, after inviting myself via Instagram video. Oh, no, no, you didn't You didn't invite yourself. I just saw you post something, and before I saw the end of it, I invited you anyway, so it kind of worked out. But well, yeah, thank you. Um, so, uh, where can people find more of Ryan Rowley on the internet? Um, I guess uh, RN Rowley uh, at Instagram. Um, I don't really have too much social media presence, so uh, I have a, I have a defunct uh, YouTube channel that if I could remember the the password for it, I would uh, I would plug that <laughs> and try to make content for. But uh, as of right now, I, I have not got a YouTube channel. What's your Instagram uh, yeah. again? I didn't. It kind of cut out. R N Rowley. R N R O W L E Y. All right. Uh, and I, I don't post very often, and it's usually just silly stuff of either me messing around with cheap or free shit that I got that I'm tinkering on. Like right oh, now, yeah. I've got a, a 2004 Kawasaki Mule that I got for free, so I uh, immediately put bigger rims and street tires on it. And uh, and then I've been taking it off road on street tires for no good reason. Sick. But uh, yeah, I just I should I should take videos of stuff because I do fun stuff, but I just never think to film and edit and all that shit. So yeah, and uh, most of the stuff that you make is really interesting anyway. So well, and that's like I have a I have a gold mine of stuff at work that if I just pull my phone out of my pocket like while i'm just working and, and film you know, five minutes of video it gives me enough content for the whole day but uh pretty much what i do yeah 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 it's it's, it's uh just a matter of of then when i get home like sitting down and doing all of it and uh then i usually find that i spend the rest of the night trying to like perfect a little thing that that for me ultimately i'll get like you know a hundred views on so mm -hmm. uh it's it's fun, but uh, yeah, don't expect a, a lot of content on there. If you follow me, uh, I'll try to make more content if I get a, a groundswell of followers, um, because I am a pushover and a people pleaser. And so, <laughs> um, gang, gang. If, if if your masses swarm me, I'll be like, oh my god, I need to make content now. Oh god! Yeah, don't oh, let god. your don't let your following dictate what you decide to make because then they realize that they have power over you. That's the main thing. Don't let them win. Do your own thing. Don't let the intrusive follower thoughts get in your head. <laughs> anyway, right, well, that was um, that was this episode of Flag Time. Um, you can find us uh, on at Flag Time Podcast on Instagram. So. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay, goodbye, Bye. friend. Love you. Goodbye. Bye.